It's either Rose or me, I reasoned as I quickly backed into my driveway and popped the hatch back open, while my dear friend Sheila lifted Rose's suitcase and slipped it into my car, quietly closing the hatchback. Rose tried to see the action she heard behind her, but the seatbelt locked her closely to her seat. Where are we? What are we doing? She sharply asked. I slammed my foot down on the gas pedal and we darted away as I distracted Rose by replying, We're going to get a decaf cappuccino at Starbucks. This confused her even more. In actuality, now that I had her clothes, medication, and toiletries, I planned to drive her down the coast until the new medication kicked in and she was sedated enough for me to take her to the assisted living facility. This would be my second try. Never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined breaking the law of my soul by lying to and deceiving Rose, my dear friend and second mother. Here I was sneaking sedatives into her breakfast as though I was a secret agent from an episode of Mission Impossible and answering her repeated and endless questions with imaginative, believable lies in a desperate attempt to save my own life. With or without her approval, she was moving out of my home. Looking back, I wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't raced from Monterey to San Francisco to check on Rose's well-being. She wasn't answering her phone. What if I had waited until morning and found her lying on the floor after four nights and four days instead of three nights and four days? Would she have survived? Rose and I may have been spared the disturbing joke life played. Had I waited until morning to find her, I may have been spared the hurtful word she frequently barked. You are not a queen. You are not your mother. You will never be your mother. I wish you in my place. I run you over. You are not the girl I met years ago. I wouldn't have had to endure hearing her disown me several times a day, shouting, I write you off! Then, after realizing she couldn't remember who her friends were or where she was, she would revoke that statement and laugh. Huh, I can't write you off. I have no one else. I may not have had to endure the many unprovoked silent treatments or glare so potent they sent me dashing to my bedroom curling up in my bed, waiting for the nausea to pass. If I had only waited until morning, perhaps she would not have experienced her greatest fear, losing her memory and being locked up in an assisted living facility or nursing home. Perhaps she would have gone to a place of eternal peace instead of struggling with a new life she hated. Every single morning, Rose said, purposely loud enough for me to hear. Is this my life? I hate my life. I kill myself. Dementia is a cruel disease for everyone involved, especially the caregiver. With some of us, it's almost as though our loved ones vacate their body several times a day and dark spirits move in to misbehave physically and verbally causing us so many sleepless nights, pain, and anguish. Though I've been an inspired caregiver for loved ones suffering from cancer and renal failure, I was untrained and unprepared. 
for the caregiving journey I would walk with Rose. Had it not been for my faith, friends, family, Rose's medical team, wellness coaches, and advice from those working in assisted living facilities, I am confident I would not be here today. I do know one thing. If I had waited until morning to check on Rose, and she had not survived, this book never would have been written. I wouldn't have experienced such great love, great laughter, great hope, great hopelessness, great despair, and great awakenings. I would not have discovered the secret of being an inspired anything in life. I definitely would not have witnessed the inspiring power of sheer determination as Rose chanted, Ich can, ich will, ich muss. I can, I will, I must at every challenge she faced. 